Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it's a big day. Let's get right into it. No Donnie, who is on his way to... Well, he's not on his way. He's already in Florida at the beach. Later on tonight, he's going to Hulk Hogan's restaurant. He's sending us pictures from uh, Tampa. You know, we've supported for him. We've supported Donnie throughout his whole career. I think we're his biggest backers. How does he repay us? Maybe he checked the weather in Pittsburgh. It's sunny today, but everybody knows it's cold. He sent the have a good show, fellas, and I'm thinking, wow, what a devoted producer he is. Huh. Still wishing us well. Man, then he's I actually it in our face. Yeah. Then I actually see the text, which is a picture of him at the beach. He brought beers with him. Just rubbing it in our face completely. Thanks, Donnie. Nice of you. How are you feeling? Yeah, it was almost a solo show today. Oh, I have, what do I, I have a 229 show on here. It says Pony possibly out. Yeah. And I had a lot of planned out last night. Yeah, I don't know a, if it was food poisoning or that neurovirus that's going around. I think it was the latter. Yeah, my brother's whole family, neurovirus to the core. And here you are. I never remember the neurovirus being a thing when I was growing up. I even think, in my 20s. I think its branding was bad. People just called it the stomach flu, but now it's got a fancy name. It's, it's you know, clinical name, norovirus, and everyone talks about it that way. Uh, Paul Skeens is tentatively scheduled to join us now that his outing is over. We're going to get him on the show again. He joined us uh, back last year after one of his first minor league starts. So we got a little bit of a rapport with him, which is good and important because we uh, – Look at him as a guy that's going to be a fixture in Pittsburgh sports for a few years and is going to be one of these players uh, that leads uh, the Pirates out of the uh, struggles, out of the uh, malaise that they're in since they went on that three-year run back in 13, 14, and 15. So this game was not on TV. It wasn't on any of our affiliates. It was just on the Pirates website. I was listening to it a little bit while I was driving in here. But, Chris, you've seen the highlights. Uh, you see the box score. <laughs> What should the Pirates do with Paul Skeens? Let's start there. 412-928-9370. What should be the move here? What's the plan? I actually think that they should not slow roll it, but that there, there's a groundswell of Paul Skeens should be in the rotation day one, opening day. He should start after Mitch Keller does because he's going to be maybe their best pitcher by the end of this year, right? Then I think about the practical matter of innings pitched. He threw, I think, 120-odd innings last year, maybe right on that number right? Pro, college, everything, maybe 130. 
Uh, we know that there is a correlation between a huge one-year innings jump and guys having arm problems in the major leagues. This is not just Pirates pitching prospects. This is major leagues wide. If you're the Pirates and, and you have said there's an urgency to contend, you have talked a little bit, whether people on the outside believe it or not, like you believe you can contend this year, you maybe are pointing to like a Diamondbacks-type team as evidence that you can contend, right? Right. Arizona wins 84 games. Now Arizona gets to the World Series last year. They get within three wins of winning it. I think it actually does make more sense for the Pirates to start Skeens in the minors to pitch somewhat infrequently down there, especially if they think he's close. And then to bring him up at a point in time where his natural endpoint of innings will be down the stretch in the season if they really think they can hang in there without him, that they can be a contender. Because you figure if they don't want to jack his innings pitched from year to year up too much, I saw somebody, uh, ar- not arguing about this, but two people I respect going back and forth. You start him with the team in April, his season's done by like August, just on an innings count. You really believe that you can contend and you believe he can be a big part of contending. I think you have to actually like be judicious about when he comes up, how many innings he throws in the minors, and when you debut him. I really do think you have to split hairs here. I'd love to just, you know... Get out with the meathead voice and go, start him opening day, bro. But their goals seem to be, we can play in the postseason maybe as soon as this year. And you'd want him pitching down the stretch. And that's not going to happen if he's an opening day member of the roster. I do think he's built different, though. I do think he's a rare guy. He's 6'6", 250. You, know, you, you draft a guy that big and that strong who's not, uh, a string bean, a string bean pitcher with a history of arm troubles because you think he's durable and he's built for the for the workload. Uh, I also don't have any confidence that if he started the year at Double A, that they would do what you're saying, which is like pitch him infrequently. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna try to get him used to pitching every fifth day because he didn't do that at all at uh, college. It's not structured that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of the major league transition. Um, I do get what you're saying. Like, he's probably not going to pitch 210 innings here. Like, you know, there will be a cap at some point on how many, but I would rather, I'd rather have him pitching the games when they matter in April and May. And if the Pirates are out of it by August, well, then it makes sense to shut them down anyways, because what those if games in- don't matter as much. Question. What if they're in it? Partly because he pitches really well in April and May. August 1st rolls around, let's just say, for argument's sake, they're like a, two games out of the wild card. Then I think you keep it going with him. Steven, you said he's built different, right? Yep. Steven Strasburg, what do you think height, weight listed at? Probably pretty similar. 6'5", 240. Yep. Pretty damn close. Built yeah. different, still had arm problems. Well, look at Garrett Cole. He's had no arm problems. Okay. okay, Garrett Cole, a little shorter, stockier than both guys. I'm just saying if you're going to use Is he stockier? A, Cole? Yeah. What do you think Cole's listed at if we're going to have a listing... Uh, you know, I think weight. Skeens. I heard today, Greg Brown said he list, he's listed at two thirty five, and Wainer said closer to two fifty for Skeens. Garrett Cole, height, weight six four two twenty, a practical string bean compared to these two. Just maybe has a great pitching, mo- you know, motion. I, I just, you say built different. I'm tempted to say, yeah, that that sounds really good. And certainly, if there's not plans for him to be a pirate long term, and I don't think anybody harbors any illusions that he's going to be signing a four hundred million dollar contract here long term. Uh, if he pitches his ass off and wins a Cy Young or two, uh, there is the temptation to say, get the absolute most out of him in these first, how many ever years you're going to have him. But I'm, I'm trying to, on their end of this, be judicious about it and say, if you think you've got enough to sort of hang around 
till middle May, whatever that might be, six weeks into the season, try to bring him up then and, and try to get the whole summer and then into September with him. And then you can maybe start messing with his, in, not messing with his innings, but being judicious. If you're in the race, you can pitch him and, and pick your spots. But I think there's going to be a groundswell and a desire that I understand on like a very basic surface level to see this guy pitch immediately. And if the team thinks they can contend, then that would end his season well before the actual season ends. And so I, and then and then I can just imagine people honestly. You say, "I oh, will just keep rolling it out there, roll the ball out there with them." Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do that. And if you think people have foamed at the mouth about this team before, get ready for a whole new level of that to be revealed. I, we should text Mackie and ask him if he thinks they would do that. We should ask him. Like, if they're in the race, they brought him up early, his season by innings is over in very early August, does he think that they would just say, screw it? Yeah, no, if he thinks they would shut him down. Okay. Because you got to, if, if you're saying he's going to make starts at double-A and triple-A, what, what's going on here? We've got uh, Paul Skeens confirmed now. We'll join the show right at 3 o'clock. Okay. So. Well, we got a loaded run here we have a loaded plate here we've got jeremy fowler at 245 skeins at three and pomp at 315 is that a murderer's row is <laughs> that's that pretty 20, good is that 27 yankees it's we getting bad. luke gehrig and what jimmy fox was on that that's team pretty I good no because I, I chris i just i have a hard time believing that they're going to do the plan where he just hangs out in altoona in indianapolis and doesn't really pitch until may I, yeah, and so I mean, those, he's going to log those innings at double A and triple no, A. And if he's going to log innings, I want them to be at the major league level. That part I agree with. I just, I think you're, you're between a rock and a hard place. Like they, they understandably because of how expensive elite pitching is to find in free agency. And they have a guy that I think, uh, would you say that it's a fair summation? I think you feel this way. A lot of people believe he could be the best pitcher in baseball very quickly. Like that, yeah, that's the that's ceiling. Why, that's the why ceiling I here is him, I want to make one. him the number one overall pick because I, I think in three years he could be the best pitcher in the entire I honestly sport. think that the the feeling there, there would be a temptation for like, we've got to keep kid gloves on this a little bit. We've got to try to really manage the situation but very carefully. The one thing that I don't think enough Pirates fans know or don't, or don't want to pay attention to or want to ignore and act like it isn't a big deal is the service time thing. So it's pretty black and white. If a player is on the major league roster for at least 172 days of the typical 187-day season, so it's 162 games in 187 days. Mm -hmm. If a player is on the roster for at least 172, it counts as a year of service time. Mm -hmm. If they're not, if they're not, then it doesn't. So if you wait 15 days, mm-hmm. the season starts, I think, March 28th in Miami. If you just wait two weeks with Paul Skeens yep. and then call him up then, you get an extra year yep. of him. Other teams You have get done a this. free B year. Other teams have done like, this. Like, even if you are... Didn't Chris Bryant have this happen with yes, the Cubs? Yes, he did, Exactly. So even if you are the richest team in baseball, the Cubs, the Dodgers, the, the they Yankees. All do, they all do it. And guess what? They all should. I mean, I think it's a horse crap rule. But they all try to exploit but the rule. the rule's there. And as long as it's there, teams should take advantage of it. And honestly, for just what would be for him, two or three starts, like every person who does fantasy sports and is like, been in charge of some kind of roster management, even though it's not real. Mm-hmm. 
If I told you you're going to get a prime premier player for an extra year and all you have to do is keep him off your team for the first two weeks of the season, every single person who's managing their fantasy team would do that. Right. So that's why I don't – like when people say have him on the opening day roster, do they not know this rule? Do they not care about it? It's an extra year I, well, of, a gr- of a potentially great, great player. I think it goes back to something we've discussed before. There are a lot of people that would like to see them overpay for a player in free agency just so that they did it, and they they would almost file it under. I don't. They're just putting the best twenty five or twenty six up, but, right from day one. I understand what you're. You don't have to explain it to me. I know what you're saying is accurate, but I think people, people don't care about that. People confuse this rule with the arbitration super, super two. Yes. Yes, they're two like, different things. That's the Super 2 thing. It's to, a very complicated formula. It's complicated. It's, it involves 22% of top the top service time, 22%. It's a moving target. It's not easy to hit. There's a You and I are literally on the same MLB.com glossary page that explains all of this, but it is a calculation teams have to make on the fly. It has nothing to do with what you're describing. But that's the difference between saving a couple million dollars here and there in the way you negotiate with players yes. versus having the player for an entirely, for an entire extra year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the entire extra year point is way, way, way more important than the arbitration super two status thing to me. Like he should, as long as he does not look like someone that needs a lot of seasoning. And I don't think he does. Mm-hmm. He should be on their team in April. And he should make, I think, if he's going to make 30 starts this year, he should make 27 or 28 of them at the major league level because he's that good. I honestly don't think, though, he's. they intend for him to make 30 starts. If I had to just guess a year where he has mm, seven, 18 to twenty to 21 starts is what they would be targeting with him. 412-928-9370. What do you want the Pirates to do with Paul Skeens? 412-928-9370. How excited are you for Paul Skeens after he made his... Major League debut today, one, two, three, and he's going to join us at three o'clock. Can text us on the Edgar Steyer and Associates fan text line. We're live at beautiful Bowser Studio B. Uh, Charlie is a headline, and we're right back on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Pitched 130 innings in college last year, or 122, I should say, 130 total between college and, and pro ball. So I doubt if they would extend him too much, maybe to 150, 160 innings this year. So he won't be totally under wraps, but 
Uh, they also won't push him or overwork him, too. They will, will certainly want to monitor his workload because, you know, the college season, you know, he played against very good competition in college, obviously, in the SEC and went to the College World Series and won it. But it's a whole different animal when you go to spring training, the beginning of February, and the season runs through the end of September. And uh, it's you have to pace yourself differently, and you've got to – watch those guys innings limits a little more because they're not used to pitching competitively for, you know, nearly eight months. John Parado has been covering the Pirates in Major League Baseball in this town for a very long time. Agreeing with Mulsey on Paul Skeens that there's going to be an innings limit. They're not going to push him too far. It's not going to be a year where he takes the ball every fifth day from March to October. So they got to be mindful of that. They got to be cognizant of that, all that stuff. I got to be careful with it. So that's, you know, when you hear that, that doesn't exactly get you fired up. You know, I, I know that's baseball in 2024, but it just, it just reminds you that these pitching, these pitchers are, it's one of the reasons why you could, you could have made an argument to take a hitter instead of a pitcher. I mean, I, we're having the guy on, but I'm, the argument strenuously that I would have taken Cruz every day impact when he gets up, you expect him to be up because of the kid gloves that are used to make sure that you protect your investment with a pitcher. Well, and I mean, I used to, I think there's a school thought, ah, oh, back in the day, they used to just throw till their arms fell off and, and they were fine. Nolan Ryan threw 8 million pitches before he turned right, punched 17. Robin Ventura in the face. And we all loved it. Yeah. But I mean, the, unfortunately the evidence is out there. A lot of these guys get hurt and they're, it, I don't blame teams for being hyper-cautious and trying to control every aspect of it, even for somebody who's built like Skeens where you feel like if there's anybody who's pitching with his whole body and who's not going to be stressing a rotator cuff or a labrum or his elbow or whatever, it's this guy, you're still going to be that way about him, especially if you know you're on borrowed time with the player. And let's be honest, like almost even a team like the Dodgers drafts a guy, they're not positive when he hits free agency that – if they, if they haven't made him like a crazy offer, they're not positive that guy's going to stay there and not just get bowled over by another team. Uh -huh. Spencer Strider's a really good pitcher on the Braves right now. They spend a decent chunk of money. I have no, there's no guarantee when he becomes eligible to be a free agent that he will stay in. Now, he's not a Scott Boris client, which helps. And that was one of the you reasons can get those why guys, yes, to actually sign. They extensions. stayed away from his teammate for that reason, or at least maybe that but, was one. But of the you know what I mean? You, if you draft a Boris guy, you draft a Boris guy, you know, he's going to the open market. There's nothing. You could be the Dodgers and draft him. And, and you know, what's funny. I was reading about this. Some of these teams have started to issue Boris guys and they have endless pockets because they don't want to take that risk. So, I mean, I get it, man. I get it with pitchers, why teams act the way they do right now. They're the most precious commodity in the sport, and they are very fragile even if they don't look like they should be. You just never know when it, you know, I'm not even going to say it and speak it out into the open. You never know when something's going to go wrong. The Pirates physically. do have some guys that are worth getting excited about, but there's just, there's, there seems to be another, another side of the coin with every single one of them. With Skeens, it's when do we see him? And then how much is he allowed to pitch this year? With O'Neill Cruz, it's how does he come back from his ankle injury? Does that stunt his growth at all? Does that stall his development? Does he go back to being the guy he was when he got called up two years ago and had all these highlight reel home runs and breathtaking throws and everything else that just made him a freak of nature for a guy that big playing shortstop? Henry Davis hits a home run in this game today. 
he's catching again. Can he actually do that? But yeah, is that something he's going to do uh, for the season? We got a Prado clip on that too. That Charlie can play for us. Uh, what the veteran baseball writer said about Henry Davis's outlook with the Pirates. Hit it, Charlie. In college last year, or 122, I should say, 130 total between college and and pro. Oh, I know, no, this so isn't I, the, the other one, Charlie. Charlie. This isn't the, the right. The one. Henry Davis one, Charlie. Maybe we don't have the Henry Davis. I one. hope We're we have the Henry Davis one. If we don't, that's okay. Here, it's here pretty is clear. Regardless if they won't come right out and say it, that Yosemite Grandal is going to be their primary catcher this year. So you have either Henry Davis or Jason Delay or Ali Sanchez, who they signed over the winter to uh, as a free agent. One of those three would be the backup catcher. I, I find that if you're going to develop Henry Davis and hope that he can be a regular, I don't think – I mean, they already tried to develop him by playing him in right field last year, which I'll never figure out. I think you have to play him more than twice a week. And to do that, you have to send him to Indianapolis because if you're going to play Grandal four or five days a week, that doesn't leave many at-bats for Davis. So that's why I think he's going to Indianapolis where he can be a regular catcher and, and really keep continue to work on his defense. He should be the regular catcher in the majors. I don't think that Yasmani Grandal at 35 years old, who you signed to a one-year deal, you did not sign a Russell Martin type or trade for a Francisco Cervelli to be your catcher. You brought in an old fart stopgap. And an old fart stopgap should not push a guy who's probably good enough to hit major loop pitching down to AAA. Um, Mackey uh, asked Derek Shelton about Grandall. Said the question was, is he the starting catcher? Quote, that's a good question. Yaz is going to catch. Yaz is also 35 years old. So whoever the second catcher is is going to get some time. Got to be mindful. Second catcher. There you go. Whoever the second catcher is. Yeah. So he's Whoever our C2 is. Apparently. So he's saying that's in it. that answer that Grandel's their starter, but is not going to play every day because he's old. So to say like he's going to catch 100 games, that's not going to happen because nobody does it anymore. And again, Yaz is 35 years old, but he's going to get a good share of the catching. There, there you have it. It's going to be in tandem. I don't love that answer. Follow us on Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Key and Peters Township. All right, we're live at Studio B. Uh, one of the great voices in Pittsburgh sports stepped away from one microphone this morning. We'll tell you who that is and what that's all about. Plus, we've got Jeremy Fowler, live from the NFL Scouting Combine, big-time NFL insider with ESPN, and Paul Skeens in a half hour going to join us at 3 to recap his Major League Spring Training debut. But right now, it's a Charlie headline. The ball is down. The kick is on its way. That kick long enough. That kick high enough. And the yes, kick is yes, good. Yes, it's good. Yes. 43-42. Panthers have the lead with six seconds to go in Death Valley. At 2.33, time to stop blindly paying those increasing auto and home insurance premiums. Contact the Buell Insurance Agency in Gibsonia today. Bill Hillgrove who's been calling pit football games forever and pit basketball games even longer retiring from the Steelers broadcast booth today. He's going to join us at four 15 since our station launched in 2010. Uh, we've been the pit flagship from the fall of 2010 on. And so every pit football game for the last 13 seasons, 14 seasons has been on, uh, our airwaves. I think that's his most iconic call 
the most that icon- we have. I think it's the most iconic game Pitt has won. You always remember the upsets more. I always remember that I was at a wedding. I was at Alex's cousin's wedding. And of all people, Sean Gentilly giving me text message play by play. And there was a long pause pit in field goal range, 48 yarder. Everyone huddled around my phone. Nobody having like, I don't think ESPN plus might've been a widespread thing there. Like you couldn't get it on your phone. Uh This just endless pause. And then he made it. He actually made it. And Billy Osborne steals the show on that one, just screaming as the kick goes through. But I was like reminded just hearing that clip. Donnie and I always laugh about this behind the uh, scenes. We're getting ready for the show. How like we watch pro wrestling and it's funny, but like the announcer in granted a staged spectacle makes it so much cooler. Somebody going nuts. I mean, that's how I, I think about like sports on the radio. Hillgrove's call of that makes it even better. Like, you just, he's, you say, oh, kick is up and it's good. Okay, whatever. But you know the moment. You know the gravity of it. And he call, he aced that one, I thought. Bill doesn't sound like your like modern Homer play-by-play guy. You know, and I don't say this to disparage either one of these two guys. One of them is a Hall of Famer and the other has been doing it for a very, very, very long time. Yes. But like with Greg Brown... Like he loses his minds, he loses his mind on calls. He absolutely just freaks out when something great happens for the Pirates. Um, Mike Lang wouldn't quite do that, but he had he had his own very had, trademark calls. Yeah, he had signature, unique way of saying things and calling games and everything else with goal calls and things like that, and what he would say after big wins. Um. Hillgrove, I think, is more of the old-fashioned, like, I'm going to... He's going to get excited for big moments, but he still kind of sounds to me like when he's doing a game, like he's not calling it down the middle, per se. But he doesn't... Like, there, there's a certain, like, professionalism there that I think I'm trying to articulate here. He calls... He'll, you know, I think the guys who do that the best, what you're describing, if the other team scores in a spectacular way, they call the play like it was a spectacular play. If somebody on, if Clemson beats Pitt because down six or down, you know, four points and 55 yards away, a guy makes a one-handed catch in traffic or something like that to win the game, he would call it like, wow, that's an astounding play. Mm -hmm. I will say in the one thing I have heard from Bill that does make it clear he's a Pitt home broadcaster. He has, he will get mad Oh, when he feels like the officiating oh, is going time. against Pitt. In yep. fact, my favorite example of this is... Him and Groat were great at that. In basketball, for sure, but in football, when Kenny was a senior, his fifth year, and they actually like handed it to Clemson after a slow start in that game, and they, they kind of really dominated the game physically. Who was Clemson's big tough guy linebacker back then? He's just like a... It was a I, I, I'll say it this way. He was like a tough meathead-looking white guy who was like playing past the whistle... And he got like a personal foul. And I remember being in the car listening to it. And Hill, the joy in Hillgrove's voice was just <laughs> unmistakable when they clipped him for 15 yards. But that's what—that's how I think of you knew he was a pit guy, how he would react he, to the officials. He's a pro's pro. There's, there were, uh, can you think of any like gimmick calls with him? No. You know, does Bill Hillgrove have the type of call? That His field put- goal call might be the one that I think of the most. But he doesn't like he doesn't have a call that you'd put like on a t-shirt or something like that. No, not a no, no. 
Rim jam? He says rim jam. He used to say rim jam a lot. But there's there's nothing there that like he he didn't need to come up with any kind of. Can you uh, really think of a Vin Scully signature call? Not really. Like I don't think of. Like he said after every home run. Right. Like Jack Buck has a famous in the moment call of we'll see you tomorrow night. But I don't remember Jack Buck ever having like, did he, who did kiss it goodbye? Was that Buck? Or am I, am I actually mislabeling this one? But he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it every time. I don't think so. I think I the guys think so. who are really good just call the game with a certain level of gravitas. I think Bill always did that. I mean, he was a voice of my, I'll say this, a voice of my childhood. I'm everyone. Bill is in his early eighties and he's still going strong on pit. And he's the voice of my childhood growing up watching the Steelers or listening to the Steelers. If we were in the car, nine, 10, 11 years old, that's the voice I think of. The Steelers sent out a four minute video with a video of huge plays since he took over as play by play guy mm-hmm. with his radio calls. And for some of them, I don't think I'd ever heard his radio call. Like the, the, uh, the fail, the, the Hail Mary play against the Colts, the Aaron Bailey drop and the 95 AFC championship game was in there. I'd never heard that before. That's um, a hell of a play to have to call because no one can see what's going on except yeah. the one official who got it right. Right. So there were a few of those that got sent out today that were just phenomenal. He's huge. I mean, the Santonio call, what he said for the James Harrison return to the, it's some line that he's jumping over guys. He kept saying that Harrison's jumping over guys. Well, we'll still hear him right here on 93.7, the fan. Yeah. Still going to hear him doing this. And he's got a pit basketball team that he's still trying to uh, will into the tournament. I believe they need to, uh, what, win out, win at least two ACC tournament games. Just Cable went on a rant about that today, how the conference isn't getting any respect. And usually when coaches do that, obviously they're so biased that you have to take what they say with a huge grain of salt. But I thought a lot of the points he made were actually very accurate. Haven't mul- didn't Brownell, even before they played Pitt, say basically the Big 12 is jaking this? Capel referenced that too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the ACC feels like they're getting jobbed by a conference that's always had a great team at the top in Kansas. But like, I think they're, they're getting pretty ticked, ironically enough, at Jamie and others like that in that conference. And they have a winning record against that league. Yeah. Three. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevy. Clear skies and a low of 30. All right, we got a loaded next half hour. We're going to be joined by Jeremy Fowler, NFL scouting combine, one of the biggest NFL insiders uh, going for ESPN. Used to cover the Steelers, now covers the whole league. And then Paul Skeen's going to join us in 20 minutes. So don't go anywhere. We're here until 6. It's the PM team on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 